Good afternoon. I'm Charlie Brogan. I want to welcome you to the 75th annual Nebraska State Christmas Tree Lighting. We want to thank the State Capitol staff for setting all this up and giving us a beautiful launch for this year's holiday season. This is a special time of the year to celebrate our blessings with friends and family. This year we have a special lineup of Christmas cheer from musical groups, a special holiday message from our governor, and a hometown Christmas event following the program across the street at the governor's residence starting straight up at 3 p.m. In a moment, we'll have the presentation of colors from members of the 155th Air Refueling Wing of the Nebraska National Guard and our national anthem by Olivia Vanderford. So please stand for the presentation of the colors and remain standing for our national anthem. So proudly we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming, whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight. O'er the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming, and the rocket Sting in air gave proof through the night that our flag was still there. Oh, say, does that star spangled banner yet wave? Or the invocation will be presented by Father Eric Clark. Father Clark grew up on a farm near McCool Junction. He obtained an agricultural economics degree from UNL in 2004. He was ordained a Catholic priest for the Diocese of Lincoln in 2013. Before becoming pastor of St. Peter's in South Lincoln in 2020, he served at St. Joseph, St. Michael's, and the Cathedral of the Risen Christ, also here in Lincoln. He's also served as a theology teacher at Pius X High School and the Diocesan Master of Ceremonies, Father Eric Clark. Let us pray. Let us glorify God, our light, who brings salvation and peace in our midst, now and forever. My brothers and sisters, amidst signs and wonders, Jesus Christ was born in Bethlehem of Judea, his birth brings joy to our hearts and enlightens our minds. With this tree, dedicated and adorned, 
May we welcome Christ among us. May its lights guide us to the perfect light. A reading from the prophet Ezekiel. Therefore says the Lord God, I too will take from the crest of the cedars, from its topmost branches tear off a tender shoot and plant it on a high and lofty mountain. On the mountain heights of Israel I will plant it. It shall put forth branches and bear fruit and become a majestic cedar. Birds of every kind shall dwell beneath it, every winged thing in the shade of its boughs. And all the trees of the field shall know that I, the Lord, bring low the high tree, lift high the lowly tree, wither up the green tree, and make the withered tree bloom. As I, the Lord, have spoken, so I will do it. The word of the Lord. Lord our God, we praise you for the light of creation, the sun, the moon, and the stars of night. We praise you for the light of Israel, the law, the prophets, and the wisdom of the scriptures. We praise you for Jesus Christ, your son. He is Emmanuel, God with us, the Prince of Peace, who fills us with the wonders of your love. May the Lord God glorify, fill our hearts with peace, and bless this tree and all who pass it. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Please be seated. For those of you who have not noticed, the focal point of our decorating is right here, this beautiful tree. And we want to say thank you to the Upper Big Blue Natural Resources District, which is headquartered in New York, the donor of this year's tree. And we want to recognize David Eigenberg, the manager of the uh, Upper Big Blue. He's here representing the group. Also, as you look around at the tree, you'll notice uh, some beautiful colored balls and ornaments. You'll see the lights in a little bit. Many of the ornaments were made several years ago in a statewide call that was issued by the First Lady. But in addition, this year, as we hope uh, occurs every year, our First Lady also uh, had some additional ornaments made by the students of uh, St. Isidore's School in Columbus. So you'll notice them around the tree as well, and we invite you to come up and, uh, and take a look at them. We also, speaking of trees, want to call your attention to the First Lady's literacy tree, which is to your left of the tree, representing, of course, a desire to make sure that every young person learns to read as soon as possible, that you will read to children, give them books, and encourage them in their quest for literacy as well. Concordia Lutheran High School from Omaha returns to our annual Christmas tree lighting under the direction of Aaron Staub. They will be singing Jesus, Jesus, Rest Your Head and Coventry Carol, the Concordia Lutheran High School Choir.
As you are enjoying this event, it is also being recorded. So as those of you proud parents and grandparents who would like to hear it again, capture a recording of it yourself, or perhaps alert other family members to it, you can listen to a rebroadcast of it tonight beginning at 8 o'clock. And there are three ways to hear it. KFOR, which is at 1240 on the dial, 101.5 on the FM dial, and uh, anywhere worldwide that uh, has internet service, it can also be heard at kfornow.com. That's kfornow.com. There's a big old streaming button right on the beginning of the first page where you can click on it, and uh, you can hear it tonight at 8 o'clock uh, when you click on the Stream Live button as well. So you can uh, alert family and friends if they'd like to uh, pick out the individual voice of their grandchild, they'll be able to do it tonight at 8 o'clock. <laughs> Our next musical group is from St. Teresa Elementary School here in Lincoln under the direction of Terry Schilmoller. They will be singing Once in Royal David's City and I Saw Three Ships, St. Teresa's Elementary School.
Jim Pillen's remarkable story exemplifies the enduring spirit and potential of Nebraska and of our great nation. Born and raised on a tenant farm in Platt Center, he developed a profound reverence for Nebraska's land, abundant resources, and its irrefutable role in our nation's prosperity. After earning his Bachelor of Science degree in Animal Science from the University of Nebraska-Lincoln, and a doctor of veterinary medicine from Kansas State University, Governor Pillen embarked on the extraordinary journey of founding Pillen Family Farms and DNA Genetics. Now the longest standing swine genetics business, the multi-generational family enterprise supports rural economics through the purchase of a staggering 20 million bushels of corn and supplying enough pork to nourish 13 million people annually. Assuming office last January, Governor Pillen marked the historic return of an agriculturalist to Nebraska's highest office. Guided by his unwavering belief in Nebraska's people and principles, Governor Pillen's focus on supporting children, protecting Nebraska values, growing full-value agriculture, and reducing the tax burden is reflected in his impressive achievements thus far. His administration has delivered over $6 billion in property and income tax relief, pioneered investments in private and public education, and delivered vital infrastructure projects that serve as the backbone for Nebraska's economy and long-term sustainability. The governor and his wife of more than 40 years, Suzanne, have four children, Sarah, Brock, Polly, and Isaac, and seven grandchildren. Ladies and gentlemen, Governor Jim Pillen. Well, let me, uh, let me just say thank you, and uh, what, what an extraordinary turnout of the greatest people on earth, Nebraskans, being here celebrating the most extraordinary time of the year. Um, I want to say thank you to Charlie and to Father for your presence, and uh, 
I think you all agree that when we look at Olivia and we look at the kids from Concordia and from St. Teresa, we'll bet the farm on the kids in the future in Nebraska, right? They're incredible. Charlie referred to it just a brief minute, and I'd uh, be remiss. Uh, you know, I, I think that it's important whenever I have the chance in this extraordinary, extraordinary rotunda in the house that people built that uh, it's uh, been an extraordinary first year for Suzanne and I as your 41st governor. 21 governors ago, Governor Samuel McKelvey, uh, I think it was roughly a little over 101 years ago, uh, right on this hallowed ground, took a horse and a plow, the last governor to be from agriculture, and he broke ground that built this, that started the construction of this extraordinary, extraordinary house. One of the things that I always try to share whenever I'm getting the opportunity to visit with our kids, and I want to challenge all of us here, is there's extraordinary murals throughout this house that depicts all of our stories. And I think it's always important, I try to encourage us to find the story that depicts your family, because it's here, and because this is the people, this is the house of the people in Nebraska. My favorite story, the one that touches me deeply, is on the far north end uh, before you go outside. And it's above, it's a uh, picture of a farmer with a plow pulling the field with an oxen. So I love it because it reminds me of my grandpa. Grandpa Henry was a uh, World War I veteran and he was an agrarian farmer and he loved his horses. But uh, he, he plowed with a horse and then I won't go into the story, but then he had to go through the change of starting to farm with a tractor. So if you could imagine that kind of change. Um, I think that, uh, what, let's get to uh, the extraordinary time of the year, the Advent season. I don't know about you, but it's my favorite time of the year. The Advent season's incredibly short. We only have 14 days left. And so maybe uh, one, uh, one message might be uh, John the Baptist. John the Baptist said, repent. He said, repent. What does that mean to all of us today? I think that uh, maybe uh, in, the, in the Advent season for us, I think it's a great time for us to take stock of the year. How'd I do today? How'd I do yesterday? How'd I do this year? Uh, where, where, where can I, where can I say I'm sorry? Where did I mess? Where did I mess up? Where can I do? Where can I do a better job and repent and be ready because we never know when our day might come. I think I think the other piece. I think the other piece that's incredibly, incredibly important for us in this rotunda to think about is think about what took place. It's extraordinary. You know, it's extraordinary. We, when we think back 2,000 years ago, uh, if we just thought for a little bit, if we were Mary, just think if we were Mary. And if we were, if we were Mary and Angel Gabriel came to us, and what, what would, we, would we all have the courage to say, have it be done to me according to God's will? As Angel Gabriel said, Hail Mary, full of grace, you found favor with God, and 
Mary was befuddled. She couldn't comprehend what took pl was taking place. And if you just simply think, if you just simply think about the ability, uh, the ability for Mary, and understanding she was going to bear baby Jesus, and she had an understanding of what was going to be coming, all the trials and the tribulations. And Mary said, have it be done according to God's will. I am a handmaid of the Lord. Holy cow. How many of us would ever even think about having the courage? Just an extraordinary, extraordinary moment. And think about, think about um, maybe point one. Mary said yes. Has anybody thought about what if Mary just said no? And so it's one maybe for me in personal reflection is, and hopefully to say, okay, I thank God that Mary was quiet enough to hear the Lord. She was quiet enough to have her heart open to the Lord and to God's will. And uh, maybe she's an example for us in this Advent season that we find enough quiet time, not get uh, duped by all this busyness and we have 14 days yet where we can find a little bit of quiet time each day if we just discipline ourselves a hair where we can have enough quiet time so our hearts evolve and change so that we can say yes to more of God's will. I think the other thing that's important about uh, what took place is Joseph's story as he was betrothed to Mary and uh, I think God's showcased the incredible importance of parents the incredible importance of what we do in raising, raising our children. And I think then uh, the last piece that uh, I want to share about the Advent and the candles on the wreath, the four candles on the wreath that give us the gifts of hope, love, joy, and peace. I think it's really important that we reflect on that, hope, love, joy, and peace. Um, because we'll, we'll have lots of fun on Christmas Day as we celebrate the birth and talk about presents and all that. But I think it's really, really important. It's so awesome. We have so many children here. But that we make sure we focus on what the incredible meaning of the Advent season and, and the birth of Jesus. That we have a best friend that we can always count on, that we can always talk to, that we can always rely on, no matter what the circumstances are. And uh, that we can trust we can trust 100% of the time, no matter, what, no matter what comes our way, we can trust. And so those are extraordinary, extraordinary gifts. And I think, lastly, I think it would be appropriate for me to say, I think it is really, really important for us to be incredibly, incredibly grateful that we live in the greatest country and the, great, and the civilizations ever known, and we live in the greatest state, and we all have the opportunity to stand up in a public square and say what we think, and it's really cool that we can stand up and have enough courage to talk about God, faith, and family, and how incredibly important it is to all of us, and that, that we hopefully can all have a little more courage to stand up and do that, and do it in a respectful manner like Nebraskans do because it is important that our voices and our thoughts and our hearts are, uh, are uh, known and carried on for generations to come. So let me just leave you with Jesus brought us love, joy, peace, and hope. 
that that's beyond any comprehension we can really, really think about. It's just amazing. So uh, on behalf of uh, Suzanne and I and our family, we want to wish everybody an incredible, incredible Merry Christmas. And may God bless you all for all that you do for the great, the people and your neighbors in the greatest state the world's ever known. God bless you all. Thank you. Governor, this is the moment we've been waiting for. Let's light the tree. We understand you're going to have a little bit of help from grandchildren. to help with Nebraska's biggest sing-along. We're going to be heard statewide, and we're going to ask you to open your program and join along with us with a couple of carols. Are you ready? Silent night, holy night, all is calm.
Okay, we're uh, in just a moment. We're going to call on Father Clark for a benediction, and we're going to retire the flags. We want to give you a couple of reminders. First of all, again, about the rebroadcast tonight at 8 o'clock on KFOR, which is 1240, 101.5, or KFORnow.com. We also want to thank Black Hills Energy for underwriting our broadcast tonight. And uh, we invite you to stand and remain standing as we retire the flags and call on Father Clark for benediction. The Lord be with you. May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit come down upon you all and remain with you forever. Amen. And now members of the 155th Air Refueling Wing of the Nebraska National Guard will retire our colors. Colors, halt, left, base, retreat. As we conclude today's program, I want to invite you again across the street to the governor's residence for a hometown Christmas. Gates will open uh, straight up at 3 o'clock, and uh, this is open to all ages. There will be activity for everyone. We hope to see you over there. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and thank you for attending the 75th Annual State Christmas Tree Lighting. Merry Christmas. You've been listening to a recorded rebroadcast of the lighting of the Nebraska State Christmas tree, which took place Sunday, December 10th, at the Nebraska State Capitol.